The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what, what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Blessed Sunday to everybody. Before we dive into these beautiful readings for the second Sunday of Lent, I just want to offer my condolences to the DiCarlo family, to Helen, Tony, Esther, Dominic. They're, they're the main uh, choir members here. And Recently, Vincent DiCarlo, who was part of our parish finance council as well, just passed away a couple of days ago. And so I offer my condolences, of course, first of all. But it was a glorious passing, one rooted in deep faith in Christ. I don't know, I haven't told you the story yet to the DiCarlo family, but when I went to give Vincent the last rites, I was, there was a nurse in the, in the room with him, so I waited politely outside the hospital room. You know what Vincent was doing <laughs> to the nurse? He was trying to evangelize her. There he was, half naked in his gown, as we all do when we're in the hospital room, we wear those silly gowns. And there he was, sharing Bible stories with her, because she had no idea anything about Jesus Christ. And there he was, evangelizing her. I said yes, to the very end. That was the type of man he was, and I'm, and I'm honored to have met him, a man of deep faith. So be assured of our prayers for your family as we now bring Vincent to the altar of God and pray for his eternal repose. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
Last Tuesday, we started the meat of our parish Bible study, which we've been announcing for the past couple weeks now. And I was overjoyed. We had over 200 people on Tuesday studying the Bible. We had over 100 on the English tract, about 50 on the Spanish side, and with Wyman, about 45. And that brought joy to my heart because you think about it. What is my role as your priest? My goal, my job description, is to hopefully lead you closer to Jesus. That's it. Despite my failings and my own weaknesses and my own sinfulness, my goal is to get out of the way and hopefully through whatever work I do, you have an encounter with Jesus. That you grow in your faith. That, that's, that's my sole job description. If I can do that, I will gladly stand before judgment for God and say, Jesus, I tried. And so when I see 200 people at our parish Bible study, how can I not get fired up? I said, yes! 200 of my brothers and sisters drawing closer to Jesus? Well, to be honest, if there was 20 people, I'd just be as excited. <laughs> Jesus, 20 people studying the Bible. Praise the Lord. Part of this Bible study, which is designed, by the way, during this whole season of Lent, for anybody to just drop into, so if you didn't come to last Tuesday, is designed so that you can jump right in and still get tremendous value out of it. And because what we're doing, not just studying the Bible, but rather we're learning how to pray the Bible. There's a distinction there. How to read the Bible, because anybody can do that. Anyone could pick up the Bible, start reading it. Anyone, just as anybody could pick up Harry Potter and start reading it, just as anybody could pick up a cereal box and read it. But to pray it, that's something entirely different. And so the strategy in this Bible Sahab was designed is that we're using an ancient technique called Lexio Divina. Lexio Divina is a, it's a Latin phrase meaning divine reading. It was first instituted by a priest named Origen from the Church of Alexandria in the third century. The beginnings of Lexio Divina, and what it is, is it is prayerfully reading the text, the divine reading, and seeing past the words in order to encounter the divine, namely Jesus Christ. This strategy of Lexio Divina would become a mainstay in Christian monasticism, so in monasteries. So Origen would, would begin it. St. Benedict, when he founded the Benedictine Order, would make it part of the schedule in the 6th century of how to run monasteries. St. Gulio, uh, Gulio in the 12th century would now take it and, and he would formulate it to four steps of how to read it, which we have to, to this very day. So what we're doing the first half of the, Lexio, of, of the Bible study is at Lexio Divina, and we're learning how, for the last 1,800 years, Christians have prayed with the Bible. So in that way, you can take the Bible when you learn the steps of Lexio Divina, and wherever you go from this point forth, 
you're able to pick up your Bible and pray it, not just read it. For many people, the Bible is just a book. It's like, the Bible is like broccoli. We know it's good for us, but we don't know how to get into it. We don't really want to get into it at all. It's hard, it's mystifying. But this Bible, this word, has the power when we pray it to bring about an encounter with this living, breathing Jesus. In the gospel today, famously of the transfiguration, we have Peter, James, and John. They're led up a high mountain. There's three of them, now there's Jesus. And all of a sudden it is told, going back to the gospel, it's said that Jesus was transfigured before them, that his clothes became dazzling white. So much so in, in the gospel of Matthew, the same story, Matthew describes it as such that he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun. Have you ever looked at the sun before? Don't do it, by the way. What did our parents do or our teachers do when we tried to look at the sun? Stop it. Why? Because if you look at the sun, it will burn out your eyeballs. (laughs) That is how the gospel writers describe this moment when Jesus, for a brief moment, unveils his identity. And he reveals his divinity. And it says so much so that Jesus became so dazzling white that all of a sudden, as he appears to them, it said that on one side, Elijah and Moses were flanking our Lord. Well, what did Elijah and Moses represent? Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophets. In other words, Moses and Elijah represented the Bible of the first century. Christ is the fulcrum. He is the lens by which we understand sacred scripture. Jesus now appears, reveals to them, standing before them, All of a sudden, they're so terrified that Peter spouts some ridiculous comment. Oh, Jesus, uh, I don't know what to say, but let's make you a house. (laughs) And then his glory is hidden again. Did anything change of the objective fact of who Jesus was now when his glory was again hidden? No, Jesus would return down and he he would continue to walk around his other disciples And for everybody else, when they looked at Jesus, they just saw a typical Jewish man. But what do you think Peter, James, and John saw? They saw past the mere physical qualities of our Lord, and they saw the reality. Just as what happens when a Christian prays with their Bible. They see past the words, and they're able to encounter this dazzling Jesus. The readings today in the gospel, the first story of story of Abraham, who was asked to do something which is utterly impossible. 
parents in here, is there anything, anyone more that you love than your own children? And it's precisely in this love that Abraham is challenged with because, our, because the, the father asks Abraham, sacrifice your beloved son Isaac. That's a horrible task. And yet Abraham is willing to do it. In this place called Mount Moriah. In the Bible study this Tuesday, we will see Mount Moriah. Because Mount Moriah is where currently the Holy Temple of Jerusalem is built. So where Abraham was willing to sacrifice his beloved son Isaac, the angel stops him, and now God will provide the sacrifice. On the mountain where Abraham was, Christ will eventually offer himself on Mount Calvary. Moriah and Calvary, if you have a good enough arm, you can throw a football from one to the other. It is that close. This Tuesday, we will see where this happened in the Bible study. All of the connections here are intertwined with all of the readings this Sunday of Lent. As all of the readings now are pointing to what we will witness eventually on Good Friday. Come this Tuesday to the Bible study, whether in English or in Spanish or online. We only ask that you bring your Bible. That's it. And the goal is, my, my grand plan, is that the Bible will come alive for you. So much so that I hope that you will need sunglasses because Jesus is dazzling you from these pages. This Tuesday, 7 p.m., we're going to encounter the Lord.